Hey, this is Jerry Galloway. I'm the pastor of LHA Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages your heart, strengthens your faith, and gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll take them out and turn with me today, 2 Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. And we're going to work our way to the passage together this morning. You know, this morning I want to remind you that God will always be faithful to you. I want to remind you this morning that God, the God we serve, He's trustworthy. He can be counted on. Our God that we serve is a promise maker. And the good news is not only is he a promise maker, he's a promise keeper. Can you say amen? amen? First Peter declares to us that God's promises are very great and precious. Now, of the years I've shared with you that God's promises are his assurance to us so that we can walk by faith while we're waiting on God to work or the manifestation to come to fruition in our lives. His promises, they work as an anchor for our souls. The truth is this life you and I live on this earth is too difficult a life to live to not have the anchor of the promises of God in our lives. The reality is everything around us is subject to change and and it can do so in in a matter of minutes in our lives. But this we know that even though things around us may change, the anchor still holds. Can you say amen? The anchor still holds in spite of the storm, and the anchor still holds in the time of testing and the time of trouble. The anchor of the promises of God holds when it seems that even you and I can't hold on. The promises will hold us. The promises of God will keep you and I strong. They keep us stable. They keep us secure when everything else is changing. You see, the Lord's promises are the anchor that will see you and I through whatever life may bring our ways. Understanding that truth, I want to take a few minutes this morning and share with you one of the greatest enemies of the promises of God in our lives. The enemy of our souls has a tactic to counter the abundant life that God has for you and I to live. What I want to share with you this morning is something that touches every one of our lives at one point or another. It touches the strong, it touches the weak, it touches the young touches the old. It touches men and it touches women alike. That tactic of the enemy is a word we know as fear. Fear is the enemy's tactic to counter the promises of God in your life and in mine. 
The truth is the promises declare for you and I that God will take care of you and I even in difficult times. The promises remind us that God is stronger, God is invincible, God is unbeatable, God is unstoppable, and God is unshakable. And by the authority of the, of the Word of God and the anchor that the Word of God is in our lives, I declare to you today that God's promises are greater than fear's ability. They're stronger than fear's grip. They are more capable to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you and I would ask or even imagine. Look, if you will, with me at our text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. As we look at the context of this passage, what we find is Paul is encouraging a young preacher by the name of Timothy. It is evident by Paul's instruction to him that Timothy is wrestling with fulfilling some of his duties as a pastor because of timidity and fear. You and I know that fear is a powerful trait. Fear has the ability to sideline us and distract us and even take you and I out of the race. Paul is reminding Timothy of his calling and Paul encourages him to press on past fear knowing that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a calm mind. The reality is that the battle with fear did not begin with Timothy. Its roots can be traced back to the beginning of time when God created all things, the garden, the world, the man, the woman, the animals. Everything in creation is in perfect harmony, and it's just as God intended it to be. But then we find that sin enters into the equation. Man begins to experience something he has never experienced before. We know that there was a, a, a moment of disobedience to the words that God had given to Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve heard the sound of God walking in the garden. And you'll notice these words there in Genesis. It says this, and they were afraid. It was in that moment that Adam and Eve began to feel the cool grip of fear over their lives. Fear motivated them to do something they had never done before. It was in that moment they hid from the presence of God. Fear will cause you to run away from the very thing that can bring peace to your life. That moment brought about something that would forever impact Adam and Eve's lives and would eventually touch your life and my life. And it's the presence of fear. See, today, fear is a reality for many people. Fear is something that fills their minds, it controls their emotions, it runs their lives. When we look at, at the definition of what fear is, fear is defined as dread or alarm in facing danger, 
Fear, we also know, can be defined as a profound reverence or awe, as in the fear of the Lord. Something I want to lay, I want to lay a little groundwork, if you will, before we get uh, headlong into to the passage together. Fear is not, when we often talk about fear, we think fear is, you know, where uh, the truth is right now is where we're coming up on uh, the Halloween uh, season and uh, on TV there's horror movie after horror movie after horror movie and everybody's trying to scare everybody and often when we talk about fear our focus kind of goes towards that that it's a, a thought of a, a horror flick maybe and uh, somebody jumping out behind a, a dark corner and scaring us or walking in a dark room and being afraid I would venture to guess yes um, th- that happens People get afraid. People get scared. You should be here during the week. One of our things that we enjoy, probably I enjoy more than anything, is jumping out at Jeremy behind a dark corner in a room. And <laughs> I have multiple videos of Jeremy's responses. It's <laughs> and we do that and we have fun. But, you know, the reality is I would venture to guess the majority of fear that we deal with is not coupled to uh, somebody scaring us. Rather, I would say probably we deal with fears on a more what we might call a common level. The fear of being accepted by someone else. The fear of being accepted for who I am. The fear that someone may cause harm or hurt in my life. Fear of rejection. Fear. Now, the truth is, as a child of God, you and I understand that there is a reverential fear of God. It's a a fear that causes awe and respect and, if you will, an honoring awe of who God is. But the fear of God is not the kind of fear that robs you of peace and joy. The truth is there is no fear for the believer towards God. Why is that? The truth is when we came to Christ, you and I received his love. We received his grace. We received his mercy. We moved out from underneath the hand of judgment and we experienced the hand of grace. God made us his very own children. 1 John 4 and 18 says this, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out all fear. As I was in preparation for today, I've been praying all week long that men and women would experience freedom today. Freedom from the harassing. Free from the debilitating effects of fear. My prayer is that the love of God will overwhelm us today and drive out all fear and render ineffective the spirit of fear that lies in wait for us. For many, the spirit of fear controls their everyday lives and causes them to be fearful of many things. 
Many are fearful of losing a job. Many are fearful of finances and retirements being lost. Fearful this week for Rick Connett. There came an end to the journey on this side that he and Vicki would walk together. And you know there are many people who live their life every day in fear that their spouse will die. Many are fearful their spouse will have an affair and will leave them for someone else. If, 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 if a spouse talks to someone of the opposite sex, innocent or not, fear fills them and says, they're going to leave me. Some even experience fear in their relationship with God. They have heard it said that God is faithful. But fear says to them, what if he doesn't answer me? Fear says, what if he leaves me? Fear says, what if God doesn't come through this time? Some some parents are fearful of their child being hurt or dying. Some are fearful of death itself. Many are filled with a fear at the very thought of dying. You, there, there are some folks, you can't even have the conversation about death. They don't want to talk about it because it makes them fearful and uncomfortable. They fear the unknown. They fear failure. Some people never accomplish anything because they're afraid to take the step because they're afraid they're going to fail. Fearful of rejection. Often there are people who need to accomplish things in life, but they know it will cause conflict, and they are fearful of conflict, and so they do absolutely nothing. People are fearful. They'll never be enough. Fearful that they'll be hurt by another person. Fearful of the end times. Fearful of the thought of missing the rapture of the church. Some are filled with fearful thoughts that they really aren't forgiven. And what if, what if I live this whole life for Jesus and I get to heaven and somehow I messed it up and I'm afraid I'm going to get there and he's going to reject me. Some are fearful to release their life into God's hands. We talked earlier and we sang about being revived. And for some who have been around the church any length of time, you're afraid to see revival come to the church. Some are afraid of falling spiritually. I would venture to guess to you most of the fears we deal with have absolutely nothing to do with horror movies and thoughts of horror. I would venture to guess the fear most of us deal with could often be translated with these words, worry and anxiety. 
You see, fear is about control. Fear will control you. It will paralyze you. And fear has the ability to render you and I ineffective. It is debilitating. It is a thief that robs you of your peace of mind, health in your body, and freedom in your spirit. I would declare this with all confidence. Fear is a harassing spirit of the enemy. Fear is a harassing spirit that is used to control and manipulate the minds of people. And I would bring it down even farther and say, even in many places, God's own people. Fear is a strategy of the enemy. Fear is not, and I underscore that, fear is not the plan of God for your life or my life. God has not called you and I to walk in a spirit of fear, for in God we have nothing to fear. Listen to the words of the psalmist David in Psalm 23 and verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. I would remind you of our text, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. As Paul talked to this young preacher named Timothy, he reminds him that we are to have dominion over fear and not the other way. Fear can even render us ineffective in the work of the kingdom as it did with young Timothy. Can I tell you today that the kingdom of God does not operate in fear but in faith? You see, the kingdom of God is a kingdom that operates on the foundation of the love of God. Perfect love drives out all fear. Many fear. They fear stepping out into greater faith in God. They fear they will fail. What if I haven't heard God? What if it was just me? Some have been hurt emotionally in a church environment. And as a result of that hurt, they won't move forward in their church because of fear how somebody else might treat them. Many fear yielding a greater part of their life to God for fear that somehow God in making things right will take something from them. Fear. I must tell you today, anything that God ever does in your life is because God has your best interest in mind. There's no one more for you than God. If you will step out of the boat in faith, God will meet you on the waters of life. Anything that you and I would ever yield to God, God gives back greater than we could ever begin to give to him. So can I ask you a personal question today? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I'll be honest with you, as I was in preparation for the sermon, I had to sit down and I had to have some chats with God. <laughs> Because I had some fears.
I'm not standing here as a guy who's got it all together. I'm a work in progress, I can tell you that. What are you afraid of? You know, probably as men, we are, we're probably the least likely to admit we're afraid of anything because we're men. We're not afraid of anything. How many of you know that's not true? <laughs> it's amazing how we can be so strong and invincible and yet at times be so fearfully paralyzed. Can I ask you this question? What do you fear that's holding you back in relationships with others around you? What are you fearful that's holding you back in your relationship with God? The Bible says the greatest priority of our lives is this, love God and love other people. But often we are held back in both of those areas because an area of fear. What are you afraid of, friend, that's keeping you tied to the shoreline of life when the destiny of your life is to launch out in the deep? What area of fear is challenging the promises of God in your life? Now, the truth is, there is a fear in our lives that is healthy. Spend all this time telling you the difficulties of fear. There is a fear that's healthy. There is a fear that says if you jump out of an airplane at 10,000 feet, you may die. There's a healthy fear that it says if you come upon a rattlesnake and you try to pick him up, he may not tell you, he may tell you he don't want to be picked up and he may bite you in the process. Healthy fear says that if you run out in front of a moving train, you may not win. That's healthy fear. Healthy fear has a way of promoting life. It keeps you safe. But the fear the enemy gives is not healthy. The enemy's fear does not promote life. It actually promotes death. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, this past week, Abby and Gabe had a new baby girl. And a couple weeks ago, Gabe and I had a conversation out in the lobby about this new little girl, how she was probably going to get him and Wrap, yeah, he was going to be wrapped around her little finger. You know, as you begin life and there's times you think, wow, this task ahead of me is so big, I'm afraid I may fail in the process. Maybe you just started a new job and you're afraid. You're not going to be able to keep it at the level you need to. So what is it? I think it's very safe to say there's not a person in this room today that doesn't have an area of fear that we deal with. 
often what we do, we, we pack it in deeper. I don't want you to see it. I don't want you to know it, so I'll put on more layers. I'll cover it up. I won't admit it. I won't admit it to anybody, but when you lay your head to the pillow at night to rest, it's you and God there. Venture to guess every single one of us deal with an element of fear. The good news is this. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anything that doesn't come from the hand of God for my life. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Listen to the words of Psalm 34 and 4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Proverbs 1 and 33, but all who listen to me will live in peace untroubled by the fear of harm. Hebrews 13 and 6, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Psalm 118 and 6, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. You know, I was reading in devotions this week, and I'm reading right now in my devotions uh, a book by George Wood, who is the former general superintendent of the assemblies, and the title of his book is A Psalm for Your Heart, and he goes through every one of the psalms, and day by day you read through those, and there's a devotion with it, and it closes with a prayer. And as I read through this one this, this past week, the prayer talked about how I am in comfort with you, Lord. He was saying, I thank you, Lord, that my life is found in comfort with you. I would venture to guess because of areas of fear, sometimes we even have difficulty settling into the seat, if you will, even with God. We think, yes, God has forgiven me, but there's some things about me God doesn't really like. God doesn't care for. And as a result, I'm not really fully accepted by God. Have you ever felt like God loves you, but sometimes he doesn't really tolerate you? Listen to the words Again, from Psalm 23 and 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Psalm 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? Proverbs 3, and this has been a, this has been a passage for me for years that has been a strong passage for me, Proverbs 3, 24 through 26, you can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. 
Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And I declare to you today over your life, you are his. You are his. When God looks at you, he says, you are mine. You are mine. You are mine. Why is that important? Look at the remainder part of that passage. He says, you are mine, so when you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord. Notice these words, your God. Mark chapter 4, we find there is a, an incredible story for us. The disciples are in a boat. And a fierce storm comes up while they're out on the water. Now, I have to remind you that most of these men, grown up, spent most of their lives on the water. They were fishermen by trade. So being on the water was not a fearful thing for them. And even being out in some difficulties, the rain, the wind, was not a big deal. This, the Bible tells us, it was a very fierce storm that came up. And the Bible says when it did, they were filled with fear and they literally thought they were going to drown that day. Now the irony of that story is they have that life experience. They're out there on the water. They are afraid they're going to drown. And yet the Bible tells us there's an element that got overlooked. It was the element that Jesus was in the boat. Now, while they're panicking, the Bible says Jesus is asleep. <laughs> you ever panicking and it seems like nobody's paying attention to your panic? Are you listening to me? Do you not understand what's going on? The Bible says they were so... <laughs> you just really got a picture of this story. I mean, there's all this conversation going on. It's not like these guys were all on the boat going, well, I hope we don't die today. That's not the picture we get. These guys, these macho men are frantic, worried they're going to drown. And so the Bible says they look over, there's Jesus. I don't know. You know, I kind of, just pardon me, I, I understand you're going to see this real and spiritual, but I kind of see Jesus sound asleep snoring in the end of the boat. I mean, he's so sound asleep, seems oblivious to the world. And they go over and they wake him up and they say these words, Jesus, don't you care that we're getting ready to drown? Think about that for a minute. There's Jesus. I kind of don't think Jesus is going to let the boat go down and them go down and him just say, oh, well, well, that's our loss for today. <laughs> but have you ever felt like you were going through difficulty and Jesus is oblivious 
Jesus, do you care about what I'm going through today? Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care what I'm facing? Don't you care about what I feel today? Truth is, they knew Jesus was in the boat with them. But they didn't make the connection of what the reality of Jesus being in the boat meant. You see, they saw him as a teacher, a prophet, even a healer. They saw him as a man who had authority that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees did not have. But they did not see him as the creator the one who had control over everything, even the wind and the waves. You see, they knew he was in the boat, but they needed a fresh revelation of who he was in their lives. I believe we need a fresh revelation that not only is he in my boat, but he has control over everything. You see, you and I are thankful that he's forgiven us. We've accepted Jesus into our lives, our Lord and Savior. And if you will, he's in the boat. But we haven't often made the correlation of what him being in the boat really means. Friend, he is our promise. He is our anchor that will hold us firm even in the storm. Jesus was in the boat that day. Have you had the revelation that Jesus is in your boat? Not just to save you. Not just to heal you. But Jesus, who is able to release you from the spirit of fear. The same Jesus that was in their boat that day is the same Jesus that's in our boat right now. So can I ask you, are you confronted with fear? Has fear paralyzed you and kept you from many things in this life? Are you tired of fear holding you down and keeping you back from all that God has for your life? Are you tired of being controlled by fear and worry and anxiety? Tired of being controlled by the spirit of fear and never enough? Would you bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come to you right now in this moment. Father, this morning as, as um, has been sharing this word, I just feel something different today than, than we normally might feel on a Sunday morning. Father, I sense your heart in this place, and I sense your heart for men and women in this room. 
Father, would you help us today? I think, Father, for all of us in this room, we, uh, we can relate with and we can understand what fear does in our lives. Fear sometimes keeps us from doing the things we need to do in life because we're afraid. Afraid of failing. We don't like to fail. Afraid of rejection. We don't like being rejected. Fear of looking bad in the eyes of other people and we don't ever want to look bad in, around other people. Father, whatever the area of fear, whatever the area of fear, I just pray today, I pray today for a fresh understanding that not only are you in the boat with us, but by you being in the boat with us, our life is in your hand. So therefore, we don't have to be afraid. Father, I know this is very real for some individuals in this room. Because I know, Father, it's been very real for me. I ask you that you will come right now in this moment. And I pray, Father, your love, oh God, it's your love that drives out all fear. It's your love that comforts us in our fear. And it's your love that gives us hope. So, Father, I just pray right now. God, as if we were to open the back doors, I pray your fear would flow in. I pray, God, there would be nothing that would hinder your love from just coming into this room right now. And, and I pray, Father, that your love will come in right now and it will touch the hearts of people in this room. We need you now. And we ask you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I'd like to do. I don't know who, how many. I, I, I don't know anything. All I know is this. If you're wrestling with fear in an area of your life, God wants to turn that fear into faith. God doesn't want you, when you go home today, carrying that baggage on your shoulders of fear. And I have to tell you, I'm just, I, I'm just being as open and real with you as I know. While I've been preaching this morning, while I've been talking to you, the Holy Spirit has put his finger on some areas in Jerry that I'm dealing with fear. 
just being as real with you as I know to be. And I want to have faith in those areas and not fear. So what I want to do today is I want to pray for you. And I believe you'll pray for me. Because we're all in the boat together, aren't we? We're the disciples in the boat. And Jesus is in the boat with us. Today, if you're wrestling with fear, and you just say, I want God's help, I don't want to be held back, held down by fear. Uh, Across the room right now, if that's you, I'm not looking anywhere. If that's you, would you just stand up and make your way to the front? And I'm going to be the first one to stand here. You just say, I'm dealing with fear and I need God's help. Would Would you just come and stand here at the front? You say, I'm wrestling with fear. Jesus. 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 See, I'm just wrestling with fear. Listen, friends, it it just means you're common. (laughs) We're all the same. Just wrestling with fear. To each one of you, I want to say to you today, God loves you more than you can imagine. God cares about you. He cares about what fear has tried to do in your life. You are His and you are the apple of His eye. He loves you. He loves you more than you can even begin to grasp. He loves you. And nothing, nothing can separate you from the love that He has for you. I'm going to ask... I'd like for some brothers and sisters to come and stand behind these folks. Uh, the worship team, if you would come in the front with me. Worship team, come around front with me on the steps. I'd like to ask some other brothers and sisters just to come and stand behind. To create, what, what you're doing is you're creating a wall of prayer. That's, that's all we're doing. Nothing, nothing stranger. We're just creating a wall of prayer behind because we're going to pray and what I believe is God is going to hem you in from front and behind with his presence today for those of you that are front I'm just going to ask you to walk along those people in a spirit of reverence just quietly and calmly just pray today Pray today as if it were you the one who needed the prayer. Congregation, you stand behind. Pray for your brothers and sisters. If you're still in your seat, would you just join us as you're there and pray for these brothers and sisters today. Let's begin to pray right now.
Will you stand with us all across the house? Lord, we just give you praise, God, for this wonderful day. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you are so powerful. And God, I pray today, God, we would be lifted up and that our faith would grow in you. And that, God, we would come against the distraction of fear in the name of Jesus. When we feel it arising, when we feel it trying to come over us, I pray, God, Lord, we would recite your promises. We would cling to your word. We would hold on to you, Lord, even more and more. God, I just pray today, God, for the congregation today. I pray they would be strong, mighty warriors, God, in your army. I pray, God, as they go out, God, this week, God, that they would, God, be strong, Lord, to witness for you, faithful in prayer, faithful in your word, faithful, God, to your ways. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would reveal more and more of your characteristics and your nature to us this week, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord. God, I pray that this week, God, we would walk so closely with you all week long. God, we give you all praise today. You are worthy of praise. I pray you would raise us up to be worshipers all week long in your presence. Fill our mind and our heart, our spirit, God, with thoughts of you, Lord. We give you praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to share something with you before you leave. Um, he had to leave, but I wanted to tell you about, um, his name's John Pierce. And they left. He's, we'll probably be glad he left. <laughs> they sit right over here and they've been coming here to the church for a couple years. And Colton, could you join me, please? And, um, John listened to to Jerry's probably 20, I think, I think he said it was about 20 of Jerry's sermons before he ever even darkened the door to come to the church because he wanted to know what our church believed and kind of what the pastor stood for and how he was. Like he didn't come in here at one time, hear how good the music is because it, they're really good. <laughs> He sat in his house, was looking for a church, him and his wife, and listened to 20 of Jerry's sermons over and over and over again. And when I was sitting down there listening, they always say it's how is it easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Is that how you say it? I'm not saying this because he's my husband. He practically preaches masterpieces every single week. You could put him on any platform, on any TV show. It is so rich in the word of God, what we listen to every week. But today I was really thinking about people like John that were out there and heard before they ever came here the gospel. And what God wanted me to share with you, I believe this very strongly, is that there are people that you know and, and maybe people you don't know that need to hear this sermon today that he preached today. It is thick, down deep, and wide in the word of God, what he said. And it it wasn't just great because he said it and it was great. It was great because it's liberating and it's God's words. And people need to hear God's words. And um, Colton, every week on Monday, when we come into the office, faithfully um, 
I don't understand everything he does, <laughs> but faithfully gets the sermons ready for the website, correct? Every week, and there's also lots of previous sermons. If you need a boost through the week, you can listen to back sermons of your pastor weeks, right? I mean, just the whole year. This is October, the whole year. So tell them how to do that. Hey, 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 hey. Plug. Um, so we have the website um, that you can go to under sermons. You will find a sermon player there. You can also find that on the LHA app. There's a sermon player there as well. And then also, if you're familiar with podcasts, um, having an iPad or an iPhone, we are in the podcast app. And so you can search Lighthouse Assembly, subscribe there, and you'll get all the weekly sermons. So there are several ways. It's on YouTube. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, so if, if you have any questions, seriously, feel free to ask us. If something's not working right, I'll fix it for you. So, um, but yeah, plug in there and um, listen to those. They're, they're awesome. And you can, on your Facebook or through lots of different ways, share links to friends that you might know that are going through fear. And Jerry and I were just saying yesterday, we can't figure out any program. We can't make the music better to get people to come to this church. We are, after 25 years, completely convinced that the only way to grow a church is person to person. And that's not Jerry and Paula, that's you talking to your friends and you ministering to your pe to people that you know. And you can send links to people through everything. If we go through and list it, I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you don't know how to witness somebody or what to say, but you could link them on faith. You could link one of the sermons he's talking about and say, hey, this is really good on fear. Check it out. You know what I'm saying? I want to encourage you to do that. You come here, you feel like you can trust the man of God that speaks every week, and he is delivering the Bible, and more people need to hear it. Not saying that because he's my husband. I'm telling you, when we hear the gospel, we need to give it out to other people, and I needed him to tell you where it's all at, and if you feel down through the week, if you feel like whatever, you can go on there and look up topics and re-listen to sermons. If you're sick and miss church, you can re-listen. It's always on every week. So I, you stood there and patiently listened. So I just wanted to encourage you in those ways. Fill your spirit with good things, not just the news. Good things. God bless you. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. Find somebody and tell them about Jesus this week. We love you. God bless you.